Welcome back to the Joy Sons Podcast. I'm sorry I took a month off, but we are officially back with episode 29, and I got y'all a special guest. So, you can't be fucking mad at me. <laughs> uh, I got my boy DJ E's in the building. Yo, E's, where you at? What's good, bro? Y'all, I'm, I'm happy to be on the podcast, bro. It's been a minute. You've been telling me to... I fucked up in the last one, but... Uh, right? yeah. Shit happens, bro. Shit happens. Yeah. Shit happens. I tell people that all the time, because I don't... I don't I done either bailed on some shit or not been able to make some shit I wanted to do or forgot about some shit. So, like, I totally understand. Shit happens. Uh, but we got we, you on We, we hip-hop, bro. We hip-hop. Shit. Facts. Yeah. Facts. That <laughs> <laughs> shit's hip-hop as fuck. Just like, Facts. Oh, and we go, we go back far enough where I know, you know what I mean? We both know they never know ill intent. It's just some shit where, like, fuck, That's shit just got out of my bag comes from, bro. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm be telling everybody when I post this shit because I ain't posted it in like a month. Like, uh, my fault. My bro. bad. My bad episode. Duh. Right. I mean, I had other stuff going on though. I did other podcasts and shit like that. My regular life, trying to get that shit together. Like, so yeah. I mean, we back though. I'm back. I'm back. I got international DJs on here. Boom. We out here. Yo, I'm proud bro. of you, bro. Proud of you, bro. Proud, proud of me. Yeah. I'm proud of you. What you mean? You proud of me? Long time, bro. You gotta understand, like. I'm we, just Dre. Me and Dre, nah, me and Dre, Dre was there, we was in high school together, bro, and the freaking, uh, what class was that? Oh, um, uh, it was like, to, for it was for like people that can't be in big classrooms to get help. Oh, so, yeah, like, like special ed type shit, yeah. yeah. It was like, but it was, it, but was, it, was, it, it was, wasn't like, that, what was it called? It's like, yeah, it was just like a smaller table, like round table for you to get Yeah, to do, get like homework done and shit, and back then they thought it was because we didn't know shit, when all our actuality it was just. It was boring, man. Facts. We didn't want but to. We, do we just needed, yeah. So me and Dre was in there for like I don't know how long, but that shit helped my grades go up. But on top of that, that's when I found out Dre really rapped because Dre had his little rhyme book Ooh. in the class, and that's all I remember. Like, I don't, I don't remember me rapping. I don't. I know I'm, you don't remember you rapping, but get, I'm just telling you that's how I felt. I connect, I connected with Dre, and that was like 11th grade or something like that. Oh yeah, I mean, bro, I didn't like. It's crazy because I was trying to think about it the other day, and I'm like, yo, when did we really meet though? Like. And I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. All I remember is I would, like, I remember that class. And then I remember every party I would go to, we would run into each other. And people would be like, yo, you should get a, a ease to DJ for you. And I'm like, right. for what, though? I know, like, for your rap. So I'm like, but I don't, like, because to me, I didn't rap rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was. You did and down in it. I liked it. Yeah, like, at the time, I liked it. But I wasn't, like. Deep into no, the certain things we do that we like dipped and dabbed in. Like I was breakdancing. Like I yeah, right. now I'm like, well, I don't break dance and shit. I I I do what I do. You doing right. podcasts, I do you doing fashion. I'm doing DJ shit, but at the end of the day, we all was a part of the culture in some kind of way at a young exactly. age. And that's why I respect what you're doing because it's still a part of the culture. Shit, you I appreciate know? it, bro. I respect the hell out of what you're doing. I'll be honest with you, you were the first one of my like like closer friends where I was like, people would be like. Oh, da da da, ease this, ease that, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's my boy." Like, and people would look at me like I was crazy, and I'd be like, "No, like literally, like that's my people." It's like me, he's. I'm gonna I'm gonna start this interview off with something real deep, and Please. something that's real relevant, and it's important that me and Dre are having this conversation right now because Dre don't know this. I never told Dre this shit, and Dre is gonna be like, "Wow, hopefully you are." 
Okay. So, bro, I just won the DMC national championship for supremacy. It's my first time winning that. Like I got, I won, I won regionals before regionals. Yeah, yeah I know that. You win a region, you win a regional, and then you go to the USA finals. And I always lose in the US. I lost four USA finals in a row. This year they did everything on the internet because of COVID. Right. So I ended up, I had to go up against three prior champions, bro, to win that shit. shit. Like three, because there was three champions in there. The one won the worlds already. Right. One, two of them won the US already. I took all of them out. In my final set, I used a song by MOP called Frontline. And I heard that song the first time in the car with Dre. You were playing the Warriors album. Yeah. If yeah. I never heard, if I never heard the Warriors album before, which I heard it for the first time with Dre, I would have never used that track in my final set. And Get that's the, the set. That's the set I used. That's the song I used to win the USA Finals this year. Yo, I wasn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Lie. Yo, I'm trying to like. I'm. I'm keeping Thug Tears back right now. I'll be honest with you, because that's fucking bro. You did that, bro. You and and when, when we used to ride together, bro, that was the only time where I could listen to music and actually enjoy, like, real music because you enjoyed real music. Well, like, everybody else wanted whatever was popping at the time. Like, right. that's crazy, though. Dre, you had the, you had the burgundy, Dre had the burgundy Honda Accord, <laughs> and he was bumping the, he was bumping the Warriors album, and he was playing Frontline back to back, and I was like, yo, this is one of the hardest primo movies I ever heard in my life. And that's, I remember that shit. And when I came to do my set this year, because mind you, I haven't battled in four years. I quit battling, but I was like, it was a pandemic. I was bored. I was like, what am I going to do next? Right. And, and I had this frontline routine in the back of my mind. And I, I like the whole, because it was a two weeks process for this battle. Okay. So like every, because I had to keep, it was rounds. Like you had to go against these, this DJ and this DJ. And when I got to the finals, I had that frontline routine. I was practicing the whole four weeks and I was like, this is, and I've been meaning to tell you this for so long, bro. Oh. The first time I heard this song was with Dre and I won the championship using the song that I heard listening to Dre. Yeah. You know, you know, when I get off of this shit, I'm going to go my car and bump <laughs> that motherfucker. Right. On God. <laughs> on God son. Oh yeah. One of my favorite facts though too. I didn't tell you that. And that's, oh. that's on my daughter. That's just the truth. Shit, man. That's dope. I'm, yo, congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro, for, I, thanks for being a part of the process. Yo, hey, whatever I could do, bro. <laughs> if I had a platinum plaque, you're na- I'll send you one. You know what I'm saying? Yo, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> I remember, yo, because it's crazy. Like, people, like I said, people would be like, yo, like, oh, yeah, like, ease this, ease. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my people's. And they'd be like, oh, you don't need something. I'd be like, yo, I know ease back when he was DJing on one turntable. I know Dre for real. Dre knows for real. Yeah, one turntable <laughs> and a CD player. Right. I when we said, when, when Arlie and them used to convince me, to roll up uh, vinyl and put it in my trunk so they can go break dance at the park and shit. Like, right. Old shit, Dre bro. Was like, Dre was there. Dre was there. How does it, yo, but how does it feel realistically to be like, I mean, because let's be honest here, out of our, at least our age group and when we grew up, you, you are, I mean, you are one of the people who have done great things in fucking life, bro. Like, great things. And being from Rochester, I think a lot of people don't understand what that's like. Right. Like, it's and, um, not. It's not simple, bro. Like, it's not, but it's, it's like something. It's like, I'm glad you asked that question because that's something that a lot of art, because you know, Rochester has hella talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much talent in that city, but everybody hits the ceiling and then they either go down or, or they settle or they do whatever they go. They, they ended up doing whatever they end up doing because they get discouraged. And that's why it's important for me to go back to Rochester and talk to the youth because the youth don't know what to do. 
Because you get in a group with people, you hit the ceiling, you're doing all your shows, you're putting all your music out, you're on the radio, and then you're like, now what? You know right. what I'm saying? And, and it's, to answer your question, man, it, it feels great, but I'm like, it's still also like kind of scary because I knew what to do. Uh, it's like, it was like, God, man, it was just. You ever have survivor remorse? I never had, bro, I never struggled with, I never had a struggle with being a DJ, man. It was like, always like, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is where you're going to go. You're going to move to New York. You're going to do this. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to go to Fat Beats every day. You're going to put your mixtape in Fat Beats. You're going to go to the front of Universal Records. You're going to stand there and hand it. Hand your CD. You're going to hand your CD to Mike Lighty, Chris Lighty. You're going to do all of this stuff. And it just was like effortless to me, bro. I don't know what it was, but I, I could say it was my intuition never failed me when it came to this DJ shit. And I'm, I could tell a lot of DJs and artists in Rochester don't understand what to do. The key to making it out is to actually leave as an artist. You have to leave Rochester. And it's not that it's just Rochester. You just got to leave your hometown sometimes. Any hometown you have, right? leave that bitch. This don't go for everybody, but if you're a rapper, DJ, whatever, you don't always have to leave it. But I'm telling you, if you want to make it where this is your full-time job as an artist or whatever, you need to go network with other people. And the way you can do that is go on Instagram. See another artist you like from another city. They can be an independent artist. Hit them up like, yo, come to my city or I'll come to your city. Let's, let's do a show together. Let's work on a song together. Bring their people to your, your city. Bring Go to their city and just keep doing that. W- multiple cities. Build relationships. Relationships is key. And I tell everybody this because I never had a manager before in my life. Because okay. I networked my ass off and I also built strong relationships. You know what I'm saying? I was going to ask you that too. I was going to ask you, who, do you have, because I, you know I mean? I know you do like your, your tour flyers and all that stuff. And I was like, well, who's running everything? And I never knew if it was just you which I figured it would be, um, or, or if it was someone else doing that. It was me. I had a lot of help when it came to my bookings. Yeah. Like, I, I, like as far as Vegas goes, like, I'm my boy DJ Jester introduced me to DJ know, Hollywood, yeah. who, had a, who had the beat clan, and they he, he set me up nice in Vegas and set me up nice in Atlantic City. But when you saw me on tour over, around across seas and all that, that was all me. I set up all my own world tours. No, Bro, that's wild. What do you what do you think was the what was the point where you were like, okay, yeah, this is this is the this is gonna be the full-time gig. There's no gonna be no day job. I'm just doing this full time and we're gonna figure it out. When I um that was always the plan. Yeah, but yeah, that was always the plan. But like the first obviously I moved down to Brooklyn, shit's expensive as hell. Right. I worked at Rite Aid, I worked at Big and tall. I worked at. I had so many day jobs, bro. My yeah, I, I think I came down there when you was. Uh, it was when you and Emilio were staying together, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Shout right. Out Emilio. Shout out to me. I just talked to Emilio yesterday. We got a. We working on a mixtape. Oh, oh. too. But yeah, me and Emilio. I was down there before Emilio. I was down there before everybody. I was. It was me. I moved down there. Emilio ended up being my roommate because he was like, "I'm trying to get out of Rochester." Right. He moved, moved in with me, and then a nickel fills moved in with me. DJ Sight moved in with me. And then they, everybody went off. Then we, uh, Emilio went and got his own place. I ended up being a roommate with Emilio and Nick there also. And everybody's putting in work. And then I had an opportunity because I kept going to Europe with Afu Ra. Right. Another story. To move to Germany. And I had my day job. My day job was fruit flowers, which is basically edible arrangement. So okay. I was driving a truck, like, every day, driving stuff off of Manhattan. Yeah. Brooklyn, I was all over the city. And then I was... 
Um, my, my friend at the time was like, yo, why don't you just move to Germany, bro? Every time you come out here, you got hella bookings. They're going to book you. You're from America. You play hip hop. You play the real shit. Why don't you just come out here? I'm like, I can do that. He's like, yo, mad people do it. So I was like, you know what? It was like a two, three week decision. I just like packed my shit up and I moved to, moved to Berlin for a few years. And I've never that, worked a day job ever since. That goes with what you were saying. Like some people just don't know what to do. Like, like you didn't, you had no idea you could just move to Germany. Like, you just really got to jump. I lived in Germany for two and a half to three years without speaking German. That's you know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I can understand a little bit, but I was in Berlin. Berlin is like New York City. Everybody is multiple languages, multiple cultures. Yeah. The reggae scene is that everything is there. All I had to do was every three months go to another country and then they restamp my passport. Then my three months starts all over again in Germany. So, ah, like, okay. So you just had to go visit. You can't stay there longer than three months. Otherwise, you, you, you're in trouble. So right. I, had keep, I had to keep traveling. I was traveling out of the country. Now I'll meet over Afu when he had shows lined up for us. And then I'll do that. But I had to also learn how to be. That's when I learned how to be a club DJ also, because I wasn't a club DJ until I did that. Ah, you know? okay. That's wild, bro. I forgot. Yo, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I forgot you moved to Germany for a little while. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yo, check it out. This is how crazy it is. The day after I graduated high school, I moved to Brooklyn. I remember that, yep. So I'm a teenager. I moved to Brooklyn. I'm out there. I'm on the DJ scene in New York City. I'm battling. I'm in the Bronx battling Zulu Nation battles. It's like, there was a battle like every other day in, in New York City. So I was battling a lot. And uh, I was getting better. But I also was working on my mixtape gang. And I remember when I came down to, I came down to uh, New York City with my mixtape. And I gave it to some dude. He's like, yo, I'm going to listen to it, son. And I'm gonna hit you back. I'll let you know what I think. I was like, All right, yeah. cool. and I ain't hear from the dude for mad long. And then I was in Times Square and I bumped into him like, yo, what's good? He's like, yo, I heard your mixtape. Yeah, bro. Your, your, your mixes is kind of in- inconsistent. You need to really like, you just need to get a little better. <laughs> and I was like, that shit was humbling. Was right, like, right. That's that New York that's, shit. <laughs> that's New York. New York can keep it 100 with you. And I love, that's why I, I love that shit because that's the cloth I'm cut from. Right. As far as becoming an adult, I became an adult in New York City, not in Rochester. I was like still in high school in Rochester, and I learned to sharpen my tools and be the man I am in Brooklyn. You know, like yeah. I always end up with Brooklyn people in my life. I don't know what it is. Our food's from Brooklyn. Younger maids from Brooklyn. They all from Brownsville or East New York or some shit. Which, and which like the people that hustlers, you know. Like so, for the people that don't know, Ease Ease is Younger Maid's official DJ. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about, bro? My boy James Nietzsche from Rochester. James Nietzsche. Really? James Nietzsche that was running Act Live Music, doing Dublin Underground, booking. Yeah. Stuff. He ended up getting a job for Duck Down Records, and Duck Down Records handled like a lot of her bookings and shit. And wow. he and he hit me. I was living in Vegas at the time. This is after I flew everything. It's like 2016, 17. Yeah. I never wanted to DJ for another artist again because I was doing well as a club DJ in Vegas and I was doing and going to Europe and doing whatever I wanted to do and dealing with artists. If they not working, you're not working. You know what right. I'm saying? It was stressful. And I still had trauma from that shit from when I was <laughs> DJ for our food. Cause if right. I, was working, I had to get a job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So the, James hit me like, yo, I got an opportunity. I was like, what's up? He's like, yo, we can't find MA's DJ. And she goes on tour tomorrow with 21 Savage and T Grizzly on the monster tour. And it's like 30 dates. And we don't know what, I was like, man, I'll hit you back. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I hit, I hit you I back. About it. 
<laughs> bro, I was like, hey, this is the fucked up part about this is about blocking your blessings. Do not block your blessing. Right. I thought about it for five minutes. I hit him back like, yeah. He's like, all right, they're going to check out your page, check out your shit, see what you're doing. Yeah. And obviously, they was like, yeah, we want you to fly into Houston tomorrow to meet her. And I literally flew into Houston, went to the House of Blues, and met her in the dressing room, and we went right on stage. It was like, boom, that boom, quick. boom. It was that quick. Damn. And, Did y'all uh, mesh right off the gate? Like, as far as music-wise? Off the gate, she was like, you know what you're doing? I was like, yo, I do this shit. <laughs> and she was like, okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> I, had, I had to be confident about it. Of course. And the, this is the crazy part about this story, bro. A week before this shit happened was South by Southwest. Oh. I was in my hotel room. There's a stage across the street, like a festival thing going on. And yeah. she was performing. She came out the quiet storm by Mob Deep. Like she's rapping her freestyle over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, and then I was looking out the window and I was like, damn, I wish I DJ for her. That's crazy, bro. And then the That's next crazy. week, like, yo. Hey, I'm we like, need you, I didn't even know Duck Down was managing, help managing her. I didn't know none of that shit because she's independent. That's why. Helping her with her business. And then that. Be careful what you ask for, because when it, it comes to you, you better not be scared and run away from it. And uh, I've been with her ever since. I've been with her ever since. That's crazy. Yo, and that's the truth, bro, because a lot of people will ask for some shit. Yeah. They'll come their way, and then they get terrified, and they run the other way because they're not ready for, for the blessing they asked for. You got to. That shit made, like, DJing for her is just like, because I DJ for Afu, I DJ for her. I still, I DJ for DJ Paul, 3-6 Mafia also. Right. And veterans. Veterans, and, and, and she's young. And she's dope. And she's like, she's she's got the claw, she's got the energy of an OG. That's right. why I like DJing for her. But I also had to be a as well, all my knowledge, everything I knew for all those years, mind you, I was on a, a tour DJ already at that point for like 15 years, 10 years. So at like, some point you probably gotta be a mentor about the shit too. No, yeah, but I had to also be a team player and shut the fuck up and just watch wow. and let her do her thing. Yeah, let her learn on her own because. Every, I'm just a new guy coming into the picture, and she's like, "Who the fuck are you to tell me what I'm doing?" Like, facts, yeah. That's not what she said to me, but that's but, like, yeah, that could happen. So I just like when shit was happening, I was like, "I don't, we don't been all." I went all over the world with with um Young and May, but yeah. I also went all over the world with Afu. So we going to places together, and they're like, "Yo, this is dope," and I'm like, "They're like, ease, you been here before?" I'm like, "Yeah, every time." Right, you're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> we in Germany. And man, my people's is showing up to the show. They're like, you know these motherfuckers? I'm like, yeah, bro, I used to live here. They're like, he's used to live in Germany? What the fuck? So we like, <laughs> we did the show in Berlin, and, the, and she goes, yo, shout out to my DJ, DJ E's, and everybody in the crowd that knew me. He was like, ah, she's like, he used to live here. This is crazy. And like, <laughs> it was just like, it was dope. Cause I'm- Gotta feel good circle. though. Went full circle with it, yeah. Right. Now you still doing the um, Shaq Fu Radio? I'm still doing the Shaq Fu Radio. Now, how did, yeah, how did you get- I mean, I know you were in Vegas, so that's probably... No. Check nope. this out. How I met Shaquille O'Neal is fucking crazy. I'm on Instagram, and Shaq is on his story, like, listening to Tribe Called Quest, and he's bumping, he's on his, he got his, he's in selfie mode, like, driving, like, yeah. yeah. I, com I commented, like, yo, that's my shit. And he sent me a personal video back, like, yeah, kid, she's dope. I'm like, get the fuck no out. way he shot, sent me a video. And then he, he writes me like, yo, I want to DJ with you. I'm a fan. I'm like, what? So Shaq was commenting on my videos, telling me he loves my fucking routines. He's like, what do we got to do to DJ together? I'm like, <laughs> I, I, was, I was a resident at the Pull After Dark, not Pull After Dark, um, rehab in Vegas at the time. Right. 
and they set it up and I ended up DJing with him twice and DJing with Shaq was mad funny. He was like, he fucking looked out for me, man. He was like, now I got to ask you, can Shaq really DJ, bro? Yes. Shaq been DJing since he was in college. Okay. There's this, this photos of him with vinyl, like in the LSU, at LSU, like DJ. I didn't know if he was just up there pushing buttons. Nah, that nigga could DJ. And me and okay. him was doing two by four sets together in Vegas. And what's, what's really dope about that shit is that he's, his whole team was there. So they were like, yo, we got Shaq Fu Radio. We want to feature you. And then they lay, they gave me a guest set. And okay. I, I went out to Dubai or somewhere with Young and May. And something, I, I saw an interview and somebody was like, yo, you got to utilize your contacts. And I, I remember Rochester people, New Yorkers in general, is always like, yeah, I know him, but I don't want to sweat him. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be on his dick. Bro. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Bro, I got on a plane ride for like 14 hours. I wrote up a proposal to Shaq. Yeah. I sent it to Shaq. I sent it to Shaq's manager. He was like, how much money you want? I was like, this is what I'm looking for. He was like, all right, cool. And I was like, I'll send him mixes, I'll send him videos. And we, we, that, I think I've been working with Shaq for four years now. And that, and that, the thing that you touched on, bro, that should be so serious where New York niggas and, I mean, Rochester, upstate, all that shit on this. I think it's an East Coast thing, bro, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to sweat them, but you got to utilize your content. If you know celebrities, listen. You that listen, shit. I lived in Vegas for six, seven years, bro. When I DJ with Shaq, it was motherfuckers there that I didn't even know lived in Vegas. Like Mike Tyson showed up. Son. Mike right. Tyson walked. He walked on stage like I'm like, damn, Mike Tyson lives in Vegas. I forgot. And right. because I brought Shaq there, Mike Tyson showed up. Floyd showed up like all these celebrities right. just was in the building. I was like, yo, this is dope. And this is because he contacted me. And on top of that, when he was there, he met my boy Bayati. Bayati is now uh, Shaq's manager. Wow. Damn, like, bro. He's everywhere with Shaq. He's producing for Shaq. He's his tour manager. He's his, he's doing everything for Shaq. And Shaq is like, and that's like, I'm saying like, I'm not, I'm just a, a piece of the puzzle, bro, for a lot of things that's happening. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's a difference between uh, sweating and using somebody and using your contacts. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you I think- You gotta utilize your contacts, bro. Exactly. You that's how you make it. Like everybody's story starts with all oh, ran into this celebrity or oh, this Luther Vandross lied about being Dion Warwick's fucking brother or some shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he like was like you and he met her and he like he utilized that shit how he could, but he he, he did the fake it to make it thing, but you don't gotta always do it like that. Like there's other people with the same story of like Sean Kingston was on MySpace writing the shit out of JR, who's one of the most and like pop pop producers and JR listened to his shit. And because he did that, he ended up a star. Especially yeah. now with, with social media, bro, everybody should be utilizing the hell out of it. If you got to reach out to people and, and a, if, if you too afraid to seem like you sweating somebody or you too thirsty, you really don't want to get your shit done. Listen, I'm living proof. Shaquille O'Neal, the NBA, the, the, how many championships he got? Four Jeez. championships? I think four. Yeah, four or five. Four times. Yeah. Four or five time world NBA champion has the most endorsements out of anybody on the planet. Period. Never spent any NBA money in his damn life. <laughs> Hit me back on Instagram. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm, and I'm from Rochester, and I'm telling y'all, it's living proof that this shit. And then me and my brother did a track for him. He posted it on his Instagram. He motherfucker had like 11 million followers. Yeah, like, I see. Yeah, I seen that. That shit was dope, bro. We, we shot that in Rochester uh, at Matt's house. Okay. In, in Italy on the lake. 
Like, and so you, I, I know you had said earlier that you you try to uh, come back and I mean talk to the youth about their stuff. Like, in what capacity were you talking about? Oh, I haven't done it yet, but that's my next goal. Is um, okay. I, obviously, school's been out. Yeah. No, no school. It's been like a lot of, lot of, a lot of youth programs are not happening because of COVID. But when things get back to a space, it's very, it's very important for me to do that because I, I feel like a lot of us get stuck and we don't know what to do. And yeah. It's, and I need to be the one to tell them, like, yo, just go, like, you guys be on the internet talking shit and doing all this other stuff. Y'all need to just be contacting people that, like, from other cities. Like, you're not sweating them. Just say, what up, yo, I like your music. I like your rhymes. I like whatever. We should do something together. Or let's do a show. Yo, I'm, I got this venue out here. Like, come out here. Let's perform together. And then I could come to your city and perform. And that's how you build a relationship. That's what happened to me, like. My story is real long, bro. I don't know if you got time for this shit. Cause I, Listen, we got all the time in the world. You do what you got to do. Man. I, I can start from the beginning. When I moved to New York, I had a mixtape. I made I created a mixtape called Eavesdrop. Shout out to my homegirl, Danielle Hampton, who sent me the mixtape because I did not have a copy of it. But this is the mixtape I had that got me on with Afu. It's the same. It's the, she has the original copy from 2004. Bro, keeps, oh, the first time I ever met this girl, <laughs> I was at work and she was she was talking about something. I was like, oh, yeah, I went to Russia. She's like, oh, you know DJ Easy? I was like, yeah, that's my boy. She's like, no, that's my friend. And I'm like, oh, shit, wait. And she started telling me the story, and I'm like, oh, shit. Danielle always shows love to me, too. So shout out to Danielle. Yeah, Danielle's been there since day one. That's my best friend. She knows me from from Stonewood, so she knows. Right. I moved to Stonewood when I was, like, 12. She's known me since I was 12. So anyway, long story short, um, I don't want to even... Okay, let me tell you my story. I moved to New York City. Yep. I created a mixtape. I used to leave them for free, a stack of them at Fat Beats, the old Fat Beats, Fat Beats in New York, in Manhattan, which was oh, also yeah. next to the Academy. And I was at my day job working at Grand Central Station Rite Aid, stacking boxes and fighting rats and shit. We had rats the size of dogs in that motherfucker. So no, I'm not even lying, bro. Like, I know, that's why I'm laughing. Bro. The rats and that, yo, and that was like a part of the job or some shit is to kill these <laughs> motherfuckers because you'll come in the stock room in the, for your shift and turn the light on and it'd be like sticky trap with like five of them big motherfuckers stuck. But anyway, I just remember being in this in the stock room and getting a phone call because my homegirl, Amore, shout out to Amore. She was the manager at Fabius at the time. And uh, the, a manager from a rock band called Borealis came in there. It was mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm looking for a DJ for this band I have. And she's like, well, this kid Ease is always in this motherfucker. He got right. it right here. <laughs> yo, here's my business card. Da, da, da. If you can get a hold of him, da, da, da. whatever. They ended up calling me while I was at work. It was like, yo, we need you to come in audition. We got this band. We're, they're signed to Capitol Records. Their DJ quit. Well, all right. So I went up, I went up to 55th and Broadway. Their office, I walk in, bro. There's platinum plaques everywhere. There's Michael Bolton's platinum plaques. They're managing Michael Bolton. They're managing Baja men. Fucking right. and shit. I forgot about like, them. Yeah. Yeah. They, he's like, there's like nine niggas in that van. <laughs> I, walk, I walk in, they're like, yo, we heard your demo. When will you be able to start with the band? And I heard the music. I was like, it's pretty dope. It was like hip rock, you know, like hip hop and rock. It was like not Limp Biscuit, but like more like, uh, Rage Against the Machine type shit. Right, right, right. Oh, with, with lyrics. Like, all the lyrics was positive and about energy. So I had to go out to Jersey three days a week to, to practice with them. 
So I'll be burnt out, tired, bro. I'll literally be on the train for three hours, go out there, then go to my go to my job. And and then we were playing at the Stone Pony. Stone Pony is a legendary venue in Jersey. Like, um, who's who they call the boss? Um, who's the the rock started? Oh, oh, you talking about um, Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen, that was his stumping ground. So he used to show okay. up all the time. He'll show up with his guitar and just kick whoever's there off stage. That was his, like, and just fucking play. Play whatever you do, whatever you want. Bon Jovi, yeah. all my motherfuckers used to play there. But, um, yeah, so I was playing there. And then we found out they had a hit record in Japan. Mind you, I'm still working at Rite Aid. So, yeah. so I ended up part of this band. We go over to Japan. We get off the plane. There's people screaming and shit. Like, I'm like, what's going on? We're like, yo, you guys are stars out here. I'm like, you serious? Like, we go to the hotel. There's lobbies packed with people screaming and shit. That's crazy. I'm like, yo, so we're doing two days, two-day festival shit. We start in Osaka, Japan. On the tour is us, Nas, uh, um, Jurassic 5. Shout yeah. out to them. Because I. what's dope is I'm really good friends with DJ Newmark. Because, like, I hung out with him a few times. But Newmark is the homie. But Newmark was in that tour. And... I went record shopping with Newmark and Cut Chemist, and they don't remember, but I was like, I remember you guys in 2004 talking about how bad the record sucked somewhere, but it was funny. Yeah. You know, I became friends with Charlie Tuna also on that tour. Um, fucking, who else was on that tour? It was, uh, Pharrell was there in NERD. This is something I take, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life is I was at Soundcheck for that shit, scratching, and Shay from NERD we was in the green room afterwards. He's like, yo, I heard your cuts, bro. You dope as fuck. Me and Pharrell heard you. You fucking fire. I was like, oh, word. He's like, yo, you you ever do anything else with bands and stuff? I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, yo, here's my email, son. Like, hit me up. Like, NERD can use a turntable list and shit. You watch like, your blessing. I lost the fucking email. No. <laughs> no. I got a picture with Pharrell, and it was, yo, Pharrell, when I met Pharrell, it was like, this is when Pharrell was hot. Like, Pharrell's on fire. It's 2004. Mind you, like, most you of know, You know, I'm going to use this part as a cut, right? Like, I'm going to have to put this up on Instagram. Yeah. Tag the shit out of him for that. <laughs> yeah. Yo, shout out to Shay, because Shay heard my talent, and he was like, he probably don't remember, but I remember that shit, because I was young. I was like 20. Right. But, um, yeah, when I met Pharrell, we was in this, it was like a big ass like warehouse, but it was the green room, but it was like a big, like someplace you put airplanes and shit, like one of those big ass like warehouses. Yeah. Pharrell rolled up on a skateboard with like 10 Japanese bitches behind him. <laughs> it looked like a music video, son. I don't even go like, it looked fake. It was like this nigga was rolling up <laughs> with his shirt off with the, with the, with the, with the hat and the right. belt. And he was like, what's good, bro? I was like, what's good, man? Like, yo. He's like, I was like, yo, I need a picture with you. Shay just told me, what, he's like, yeah, your cuts is fire, bro. And he took a photo with me. And that's the last, I, I, like, I saw him at the show, the next one, but it was like me, him, Nas. It was like mad chaotic and shit. Well, right, yeah. Nas, Khalees was there with Nas, so you know how that shit was going. Yeah, oh, yeah. But long story short, we get back. We get back to, oh, when I got off stage from that shit, by the way, I walked in the crowd because I was just being normal, and I got mobbed. By girls, really? got fucking thrown against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> this is when I weighed 130 pounds soaking wet, bro. Hey, so it's like, holy shit! I was signing autographs, and, but when I was saying that, they say this: when I got back to New York, I was bagging groceries the next day. Right, and that, and then the band broke up like a week later, and I was depressed as fuck. I was sad. I was like, man, what I'm gonna do now? That was my, 
that was my shot. I was in a record label situation. Yeah. I wasn't signed, but the group was. They ended up never doing music for a long time after that. Really? But yeah, they the band broke up. I was devastated. I worked on my mixtape. I went a week later, I went to Kinko's in Manhattan. You ever seen um Chappelle show, the pop copy? Yeah. That pop copy is the same exact fucking Kinko's. I'm talking. That's really Kinko's <laughs> on 27th and 7th. It's not there anymore. Yeah. But where they shot that shit at is the yeah. same Kinko's I was at. It's that's hilarious. hilarious. And that pop copy episode is really on point because that's how those employees is really acting. <laughs> that's why it's so funny. But um, that pop copy was me and me and my boy AT. Shout out to AT. We used to meet up at different spots, Kinko's around the city, and he'll help me out getting my mixtape covers printed. And he also designed my mixtape covers. So I was there and he was cutting my mixtape covers for me, like printing them out. And I was chilling and some dude come up to me with dreads. And he's like, yo, do you know how I could print this, bro? And I looked at the CD and it said, Afu Ra. I'm like, yeah. yo, yo, you Afu. I was listening to you all through high school and shit. He's right. Like, yeah, bro, I got to go. I got to get these printed up. I'm about to go to Switzerland. And I was like, I'll, I'll ask somebody to help you, whatever, brother, whatever. Yeah. I gave, and I was printing up my, my CD, so I handed him my CD. He's like, yo, I'm looking for a DJ. I'm going to go to Switzerland. I'm going to listen to your shit. When I get back, if I like your shit, I'm going to hit you when I get back. Get the fuck. One door closes, another door opens. Afu no way. Afu gets back. Um, He comes to my crib in Brooklyn. He's like, yo, what you doing in the next month? I was like, I got a job, but fuck that job. He's like, yeah. We going on tour with Spectre Deck and Planet Asia for like 40 days. I was like, dope. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. That's so, why. And you, I say that to say this, that opportunity also with that band. I never had a passport before. That band, the Capitol Records bought yeah. my passport. They, my first passport, Capitol Records got that shit done in the same day. The motherfuckers oh, gangsters. I was able to go on the road with Afu on my passport because of the opportunity I had with that band. Like a lot of right. that shit helped me. Like going on the road, I, I knew what to do with our, with the situation with Afu because of that. Gotcha. Afu okay. didn't have a manager. Afu did everything on his own. He right, paid yeah. Him. He paid me my show money. He booked our flights. He booked everything. Our buses, trains. He was doing all of that shit by himself. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I learned. For four years, I was I was learning from him but when the tour stopped i had to get a job all the time i was like and yeah. then i was going to germany a lot so when i was in germany i was going to the clubs and i was like these djs are like killing this shit and long story short it ain't even long story short it's short this story long as fuck bro i ain't gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> so what what so what do you like more though do you like do you like club DJ more or you like tour dj um I know battling is like where your heart is at, <laughs> but like I don't even know. I don't even want to say. I want to say that battling, battling is more of my like. That's my base, right? What I do. I like party rocking. I love party rocking. I don't like the clubs. I like doing parties, like intimate shit. Party. Wait, are you still doing parties? I like doing parties and doing clubs. Yeah, I still do party. Like some people be like, "Yo, I'm doing a special party." Yeah, and they'll book me for a party, and I like I like doing parties because parties is more open minded. Clubs is like bottles and all this other bullshit. I don't like. Right. That. But um, yeah. So when I was out in 
when I was out there, this is before Serato, before laptops and yeah, oh, yeah. shit. I was carrying vinyl around. And I was at a club with my boy Picasso, Piso, Piso, shout out to Piso, my boy Piso. He's from Buffalo, but he lived in New York, Brooklyn and shit. And me and him used to, I brought him out there with me because I, I made up a little tour and I went out there. And we okay. went to a club. We went to a club called the Kudorf in Brooklyn. I'm not in Brooklyn, in Berlin, Germany. Berlin, Germany is a spot called Kudorf. And it was a DJ battle going on in the club, but it was like a party rock battle. So they had a DJ on one side and a DJ yeah. on the other side. And it was like 20 minute sets. Oh. And, it was, and it was this one dude just fucking, he was throwing in cuts. If he had the real record, he played the real record. He played Serato. He was, and yeah. he was destroying every DJ they put in front of him. He was fucking destroying them. I was like, I got to meet this dude. Right. He came off. I was like, yo, you dope as fuck. My name's DJ Ease. He like, hey, my name's SK83. I, my English is horrible. <laughs> uh, I want to come to America. I was like, say less. So right. I brought him to the States and he fucking booked, he showed me a lot. He booked me around Germany, but he also helped me with like programming, how to rock, a, like how to rock the crowd using different type of styles of records and shit. He was doing some shit I never really was, I knew about, but I never seen it done. And he was big on like DJ AM and dudes like that that was doing right. multiple mixing shit. But organizing my music, I learned that from SK. SK is also a Red Bull world champion. In 2014, he won the world championship. Oh, shit. And okay. every, everybody knows him from that, but people don't know like prior to that, years before that, just 2006 I'm talking about. Me and him was friends. Like, we was together every day in Germany, like, hanging out. When I came to his city, we would just be chilling and building and shit and talking about equipment and doing, uh, like, programming and all that shit. And he came to Rochester. He slept on my mom's couch. That's like, fucking, he's from, he's, but you go look SK up now. He's a fucking superstar. Dude is, like, doing his thing. Hey. Shout out to SK. And then, um, so when I moved to Germany, SK looked out for me. Uh, my boy Lito Bolton looked out for me. There's a bunch of DJs that, like, and I had a lot of hate also. I had DJs that was like, why the fuck is this American motherfucker out here taking all our gigs, man? Right. I can imagine. So I had my own apartment. With, I had an apartment with my homie, who I thought was my homie. And he wasn't my homie. Mm. He's dirty. So check this story out. This is. If you got another question, you could throw it in there, but I don't. I don't nah, I want to hear this story. I'm going to have another question. So I'm living with, my, with this dude, right? And we cool, like he American and shit. So we, I'm thinking he's American German or whatever. He's like one of those kids, like army brats, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of those in Germany. So I'm like, yeah, this the homie, whatever. So I have to go DJ in Spain, and then I fly from Spain to Flo to Miami to DJ on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines because this is when I was getting booked to DJ on the Royal Caribbean Cruises through Scratch Academy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I leave Germany in the morning. I go to Spain. I'm on the train that takes you from the airport to the city center. And I'm like tired as hell. I was like, oh, I'm just leaning against the wall. And I got my luggage and my backpack. Some girl comes over to me and just leans against me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because the train was kind of packed. But I'm like, this shorty is like on me. She's like, her head was on my fucking chest. I'm like, what's going on? And then I feel it. I feel a dude come around me with his hand and he grabbed my, my passport, my wallet. No way. I caught him. I yeah. caught him. I was like, yo, what the fuck you doing? And the doors open. He runs off the off the train. That's my passport, all my euros, my money and stuff. I pushed yeah. the girl. I had to leave my luggage on the train. So his other boys grabbed my luggage. 
Yeah. My laptop, all my clothes is in there. Right. Chase after the dude, which they told me was crazy to do because they'll stab you, but I ain't give a fuck. I like threat. I was yelling in English, you know, they was scared the shit out of them. They dropped all my shit. Oh, okay. I still have my backpack on, which had my it had my laptop in there, but the laptop I had in my backpack was my production laptop, not my DJ laptop. That's a DJ laptop, yeah. That was in my luggage. Damn. And I had a DJ that night. I get to the club that night because I'm also texting the promoter for like a week and he's not responding. I'm like, what the fuck? So I get to the club and the owner is like, oh, we fired that dude. We don't even know where he is. Oh, we don't shit. know. We didn't know you were coming. <laughs> huh. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, sorry. I'm going to still let you DJ and I'm going to pay you, but we didn't even know nothing about you coming here. That Damn, dude got fired wow. like one, two weeks ago. I'm like, now nah, that's why I know he wasn't answering me, but right. I stayed in a hostel, which was weird. I didn't stay in a hotel and I DJed that shit. Long story short, I go to fucking, I my, I have no clothes because remember my luggage yeah. got stolen. Because your luggage got stolen, yeah. I had to go to Florida with no clothes. Miami and like shop, get a little shit here and there. I did a whole yeah. month and I do a whole month in the cruise. Okay. Um, and then um, I go to I I go to go back home and one of my homies like, yo. Um, this dude dipped out that your roommate dipped out and all your shit is gone. Like the fuck? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. I was just I went over there and shit, and then I was like, nah, I don't believe that. So I went back out there. And I talked to the landlord. It was like, yeah, the government came and took everything because he hasn't paid the rent in five months. And you were giving him money for the rent. I was sending him money. <sighs> he wasn't paying it. And this is Man. cheap, bro. Like, my yeah. rent was like 200 euros. Like, it was like, because like, like out there was US? a fucking 20-foot high ceiling with a balcony, all that shit in, in Berlin for nothing back then. Like, 500 euros, you'd be living like a king. Right. He wasn't paying the rent. And he dipped out, went to the UK. I see him on my, this is during MySpace. So right, I'm commenting on his wall in MySpace, like, yo, what the fuck? Da, da, da. Yeah. He's like seeing my posts, seeing my messages, ignoring me, ignoring me for months, months, nothing. So I I have no home to go back to in Berlin. Right. Where I end up, this is 2009. I end up on my mom's couch in Henrietta. That's when you came back. I remember, okay. I didn't know that all that happened, but I know you had came back for a little while. I That's had to. Great, I had no fucking brother. choice. I had no fucking choice. I had nowhere to go. All my clothes, my high school diploma. All, yo, my kick game in Germany was unfuckwittable because I have friends. With, I was friends with a dude from Soulbox. So you know oh. I was lit. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Soulbox lost their contract with Nike, he sold me all their dunks. I had bro. everything, bro. My collection was stupid. I had so wait, the government stuff. took all the stuff? The government comes in. When you don't pay your shit out there, they don't give you bad credit. They fucking take shit. They come in your house, take your TV. That's how Germans roll. They don't play that shit. They hey, really I get it. House. I you get it. You watching TV, they'll walk in and just take your TV. Like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't pay <laughs> this. You didn't pay your water bill. That's how it works. They get, they took all of my shit, bro. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure that the landlord just like had a fucking field day, just grabbed my gear. But whatever. Probably. So Probably. I was like, whatever. so you ended up, you ended up back in Rochester, 2009, because of that. Yeah, end of 2009, I ended up back on my mom's couch. Right. And. This is the sad part. Nobody in Rochester knew who the fuck I was as a DJ, except my friends. I left after high school. Right. So they didn't know your ability until, damn, bro. I didn't even think about that. Not even that. The club scene in Rochester didn't know who I was. Anywhere I could make money in that city, yeah. nobody knew who I was. I, start, I was starting from scratch. That's the crazy part, because when you came back, 
And people were like, yo, Ease is back. And I always, I was like, why the hell is this nigga back here? So I wasn't, I, I didn't know the backstory, so I had no idea. But then people were like, yo, he's going to be going to this club. And those were the only nights I would go out. Because so I, like, I knew you as a DJ, like, yo, this shit is going to be dope. Like, we're going to have this is a why, great night. Yeah, and this is why I big up Oz. So Oz used to hit me. Oz was the one that was like, yo, I want to book you at Soho. They racist as fuck down on East Avenue. Like, mind you, I was trying to get booked on St. Paul with, like, Wiz and them dudes, but nobody was... Shout out to Wiz and shout out to everybody. There's no problems with them. But yeah. nobody was trying to help. Nobody was trying to put me in any buildings down on St. Paul. And, and that's where all the brothers was at. That's where all the black people was at. And, and it's tough, to be honest with you. In this city, especially for uh, that I've seen, it's tough. If you're not in that niche, like, it's nothing yeah. personal. They just very... Uh, everybody's very clicky like so like territorial right and because they don't want someone to come in and take what's theirs. we're not that big of a city like i call it a big little city because there's a lot of land but like right. as far as opportunities and stuff like that like it's small like there's a lot of talented people here so it's hard to it's hard to like get gigs for everybody so like if you're not in that inner circle or like you they, you ain't clicked up with some of the people who are doing all of it it's hard to get those yeah, and it's very, that's, like, very understandable. Like, I understand, like, you work for a bunch of shit. You're not just going to let some little nigga right. come in and just take all your shit. But that's not what I was asking for. I was asking for opportunity. But, he's, like, basically the black DJ community turned their back on me and was like, we're not helping you, bro. Right. Like, oh, we don't even know you like that, to be honest with you. We know you. Remember you battling when you was a little nigga when, before you left? Right, right, Whatever. We don't know you in the club. We don't know how you DJ in the club. We don't know shit, which is, it's cool. I understand. But, Fucking Oz believed in me. He was like, "Yo, I'm gonna put you at Soho nightclub. I'm gonna put you at Soho nightclub." And they racist as fuck. They don't book black DJs and da da da. And this is gonna happen. I was like, "I don't give a fuck. Put me in there." Right. I fucking went in there. I destroyed that shit. Shut. I remember. Shout out because I remember Ronnie Davis was like bitching because nobody was buying any goddamn drinks because everybody was everybody was dancing. Yeah. (laughs) By the end of the night, he was standing on the bar pouring people drinks and shit because he was like, he was like, this dude is amazing. Like, what the fuck? Facts. Right. Yeah. And um, that was the beginning. And then I remember going across the street when Six was there. Remember Club Six? Oh yeah. Wherever that fucking anchor bar shit is right now. That's where we did. Um, that's where we did. Um, my birthday party, and when me and Fly Def, me and Real first got together, we did the glow in the dark T-shirts, wow. and you DJ yeah, yeah. that party. There's so many transitions with with East Avenue. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. But when I this is like I went over to Club Six at the time. There's some uh, there's some tall ass DJ DJ in there with a New York Yankees jersey on, fitted <laughs> hat backwards. And I'm like, what's good, man? I'm DJ Ease. And this is the, my move back then was, yo, if you can get me booked down here, I'll get you booked in Germany or Europe. And people right. are like, Europe, what the fuck? I'm you telling somebody in Rochester, you're going to book them over here. Right. Right. <laughs> and I don't said that shit to me. Remember DJ Cali at 289? I said, that oh, to yeah, like, whatever. Right. Yeah. I was like, Jester, I met this tall motherfucker. It was DJ Jester. I was like, yo, what up? I'm easy. He's like, yo, I lost my voice. Can you talk on the mic for me? I just came back from Miami. I don't have no fucking voice. That's I'm like, bro, I don't talk on the mic. He's like, <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up talking on the mic for him. And me and him have been friends ever since, bro. I fuck with Jester. I like Jester, bro. Every yo, time I see him, he could be at a gas station. He always say what up. I fucks with Jester. That's my brother, because I'm going to tell you from jump, from jump, he was like, 
because Jester's territorial too, because he's a hardworking DJ and he fucking right. also was a day job. He got before he this is before he had kids or anything. My man's was like, yo, any gigs I get, I'll split it with you. I'll cut it, I'll take a pay cut for you because you respectful, respectable dude. That's what's and, up. And he put me on, he helped put me on. And there was a lot of times like we don't want ease here because he's a hood DJ. I was never a hood DJ, bro. I would play the same songs that the white DJs was playing, and they'd be like, uh, they still like it's Rochester. It ain't, about, it ain't about you being a hood DJ, bro. I love Rochester. Rochester's, but Rochester's, I've been all, I live in California, bro. Yeah. I, I live there. Like, Rochester's so fucking racist. Oh, yeah. And not just, not just, upstate New York in blacks, general. Blacks and whites, Asians on blacks. Yeah. All of that shit is happening in our city. Shit, black on black. Okay? Like, we don't, like, it'd be, it's so it's so divided that it's not even funny, bro. Right, and Jester's like I said, six foot whatever the fuck white dude, and he's like, "Yo, I believe in you. I'm gonna fuck with you." Right. Like he's like, and I, me and Jester end up going to Europe together. We toured Europe together. We did Poland and Germany, and it was his first time leaving the country, and he was grateful. And he always told me he's grateful for that. But Jester's done more for me than I can I can speak on, bro. It would be it would take five thousand fucking interviews because this right. dude. This dude also is the reason why I even met Hollywood, which got me into Vegas and Atlanta City. And he took a chance on me because he did some more crazy, outrageous shit. Like, like I, he's like, yo, come down to Atlantic City. come." And I remember him DJing in Atlantic City. And he was supposed to be opening or closing for Hollywood. It's a big room, bro. Thousands of people. He's like, I want Hollywood to see you DJ. And he's like, yo, just go on. He's like, let me go, go on on my laptop. And... I just started playing, and he was yeah. like, he could have lost his job for that shit, bro. Right, but he gave you the shot. You know what it is, too, bro? With you, um, and, and I've noticed this since, I mean, even when we were growing up, the reason why people fuck with you is because you're genuine. Like, there's no, like, there's no hidden agenda with any of the shit that you talk about or anything that you want to do. Like, if you tell somebody, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, I even see you, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I see you put on for this city sometimes, and I'd be like, why? Yeah. Or like you'll get, you'll get like you'll fuck with artists from here, and I'm like, why is he doing this shit? And I do that shit for me. I don't do that shit for nothing though. And that's the thing. Well, I did code ass kids. I didn't do code ass kids because I'm trying to like keep it real and right. Because you wanted to because I wanted to do it, and I felt like it was a good time. Because at that time when the code ass kids dropped, there was no hip hop scene in Rochester for seven fucking years because D- Dublin was done. Facts. Nobody's booking shows. And that's why it was a beautiful thing. That's why I was dope that Tim Tones was there at the time when Tim Tones was there. Tim was doing Let's Be Friends. He's like, yo, let's do the release party at my shit. And that right. shit was packed as fuck. And people was like loving it. And the show, and the, to work with Hassan Mackey, fucking, um, the, I'm fans of all these dudes. And I, I came up, you know, we used to go to open mics. Now, and that's the crazy part. So you, we would go, I joke about it now, but I'm like, yeah, I used to go to open mics and I would rap and be a fan of the person standing next to me. Yeah, because we got talent, bro. Like, Hassan Mackey is a fucking monster. Crazy. Uh, Lil Ito is a monster. M. Dot Coop was there. Emilio was there. Everybody that was there, I put on this damn project. Like, I, right. people, even and new people, like my, like, there's people on there that nobody even knew or know of. I had Eli on there. I had fucking uh, Son, Sonny on there, Sonny and Y. Yeah. I had, and, and you know what's dope about that? I had them set off the album and they didn't even know they was on the track with each other till they heard the shit. And that's, that's what crazy. about it too. Because they bought the verses for that shit and I put it right. together and put it up. And then the release party was just, it was more than I, I could ever ask for, bro. It was like, it was, 
It was beautiful. But I, like I said, people were telling me, why are you still fucking with Rochester? Why are you still doing that? I was like, because at my heart, bro, the motherfuckers that made it out here, I wish they would do that shit, even though they don't. Like, I know people that are from our city that are very busy and they really don't have time to be dealing with the bullshit that still did shit. Like, yeah. I just really? mean, the only time, the reason why I would say that shit is because I'd be like, I hope these niggas are not wasting his time. Right. But if you tell me you did it because you want to, I get it. I wanted to do that shit and I was I happy it. and I was proud and I was like, it, it, it made me happy to see everybody on stage performing these songs and like, I made every, nobody knew they was performing to the day of. I was like, everybody, I want y'all to all be there. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, y'all performing. Everybody's performing. If you did a track on the album, I don't care if you remember the words, right. your ass is performing. And it was just dope. And then people were getting on stage with each other that never met in their life because yeah. I was putting them on songs together. Oh, okay. On stage for the first time. Like, oh shit, I'm gonna track with this nigga. Like, da, 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 da. yo, like they don't even know each other, you know. That's I work with Golden for the first time. I, I produced, I produced that whole album. Most of the album I produced in Vegas, but I also produced it on airplanes. I was in Germany. I was on trains. I was. I was so like, is, is production kind of like your? Is production what you want to do after, like traveling and DJing and like is that? No, is that, is that the plan? Production is what I want to do right now, and that's what right I'm now. That's so what what's, what's right the now. retirement plan? It, there, there, like I just want to put out records. I want to put out records, but I'm going to do something different and groundbreaking, and that's what I'm working on right now. I'm working on something very different, very experimental. Okay. Not some just boom bap hip hop shit, but like something like that's musical. I could do at festivals. I can play all over the world, and I, I'm brainstorming right now. I don't have any gigs for two weeks because I'm just sitting okay. here production doing production shit. I might drop a DJ routine here and there, like I did a Donda routine yesterday. I dropped that shit. Yep, I saw that. That shit was fire. Thanks, bro. Like, it was just like a little something. I redid the drums on, the, on that shit, and I just like, was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I do shit for the culture sometimes, and I just do it because I can. And a lot of people like seeing me do that stuff. But my heart is in production. I want to produce music. I want to make a living off of it. You wanted a few people to ever get me to record some shit, so. Bro, and you delivered. You delivered, bro. Did you not? You fucking delivered. People were shocked. Like, yo, that's Dre. I'm like, yeah, that's Dre. Like, I don't. I, I never got into it. And literally, I don't. I don't know if you remember this shit. I saw this quick story before we break out. Um, but I was being me <laughs> and just bar hopping at the time, hanging out with people, and we ended up at that little ass bar. I think it's like Park Bench or some shit like that, like the little corner shit over on Moreau Ave. Yeah. And I ran. I ran into Shad. Shad Rock. Yeah. And he was like, "Yo, I'm about to shoot my music video tonight. Easy shooting my music video." I said, "Oh, that's what's up." And you showed up. And so you're like, yeah, you're going to come? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. So we drove up to the top of the... Um, Cobbs Hill. I, th I think we yeah, I think we hopped in my car. We drove up to the top of Cobbs Hill, whatever. You shot the video. I had no idea what song was, but I was just in the background doing yeah. shit. And then it was like 2.30 in the morning. And you were like, so you're going to do this track or what? And I was like, what you mean? You're like, let's go back to my place now. And I was like, yeah. And if it wasn't you, I'd have been like, hell no, I'm going home. <laughs> I was like, I was like, sure. And you said you sent me the beat to my phone, and I'm like listening to it. I'm like, all right, cool. And we got in there, and you're like, were well, you gonna write something? I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't do well with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you just punched me in through the whole yeah. shit. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, yeah, that was the that was the first time I've ever like actually recorded some shit. I ended up doing an album later with another kid, um, my man Josh, who again, he's like you, so he's. Very gifted, um, and I fucks with him because he's real at all times. He don't bullshit me. So we did an album real quick. We did that shit in like two, three weeks, like twelve tracks. But I've I haven't recorded since then. 
Oh, you, you were the first one to get me recording some shit. Um, and I, you're right. I deliver. I like this shit. Yeah, you supposed to be rush that hits me like foremost. It's supposed to be fun. You gotta right. remember that shit. It's not a job, and so what the fuck? What if it goes platinum? So the fuck? What if it does? It's supposed to be fun, and that's what I did. It. That's why I was like, yo, if I have a project, I want all my friends on that shit that I know can rap, but also want to have fun with this shit. So when we on stage with this shit, it's fun. You know what I'm it's like, it's like, cause I see it, man. Like when I met when I met Ma, I I just joined her and her crew. I was with Red Life. It was like twenty motherfuckers like on tour with us. And like literally the day after my first show with her, it was her birthday. Oh wow! So she booked out a boat, um, a yacht like on the water out there in Texas somewhere, and we was like on the water, and she, we playing all her music, and she had a she had a freestyle over some Jay Z beat, and she never yeah. released it. That shit was so fire, bro. She was, and she they had the cameras out. Her friends had a camera, and they was all she was rapping, and they was saying her lyrics like in it's the background. Yeah, it was ad libbing her shit, and I'm like, I never even heard this shit before, but it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of like when we was coming up, like me, our everybody was doing shit. When we be in the car, outside of the car, playing our shit, everybody be reciting each other's words. Just driving like, around rapping, driving around rapping, or just like when you with your homies and you just they got your back and shit. It just reminded me of that, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I get at when I'm like, yo, I know Dre for real, and I I know Dre's talent, and I know. If Dre don't want to do it, he ain't gonna do it. But I'm like, I'm gonna tell motherfuckers like, yo, you worthy of doing that shit, bro. Like, cause somebody gotta tell you, I ain't gonna fucking right. lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. If I don't like your music, I ain't gonna just tell me you don't like it. Yeah. And and again, that's that's why that's why that's why some people that's why I don't fuck with some people and some people I do. Like, right. You've always been genuine with me, no matter what the bullshit may be. Um, so I fucks with you heavy. Like again, I tell people all the time, like, oh yeah, that's my people's. A lot of people don't know how long I've known you. They don't know, you know, I mean, our, our friendship or whatever. But I'm like, nah, like, y'all don't understand, like, the shit that, like, I'm happy for us, bro, in general. We've known like, each other for over 20 years. Right. And I'm happy for us. But, and then I say it because of this. Because in our own aspects in life, you know, like, we've made it to where we need to be in life. And in a right. positive note. You know what I'm saying? I told my mom the other day, I said, you ain't never had to come down to nobody jail to come get me. You ain't never had nobody calling you telling you I ain't taking care of a child or some shit. Like, you ain't never heard my name, no negative shit on my name in the streets. I've right. done pretty well in fucking life. You know what I'm saying? And I feel and the same way about you, bro. bro. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the circle I came up under. For sure. And, it's um, a different breed, man. It's different. And it's like, yeah, I grew up in the 19th Ward, but I moved to Henrietta when I was 12. And bro, same. I got his friends I had, and shout out to everybody that that know me because I, I fuck with everybody that's doing their thing. And the people that got problems with me, you know who the fuck you are. I don't, I don't really care. You know, like that's, I, that's between you and God. Cause I you can't, can't please everybody, bro. Can't everybody ain't going to like you and that's okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this could go on forever. We got to do another one for sure, but I, I, I want to leave off for one, uh, two things, bro. Uh, yeah, one, yeah. what you got coming up project wise? Um, project. Up? I got a, I'm working on a project with Emilio Rojas. We just dropped the, the, um, Black Goku shit uh, with uh, my brother, Trap Gang Nino. Look out for his, the album. We have been we already started working on the album when he was out here. My brother came out here for a few months. We worked on his album. Okay. Um, Who else? I got, man, I got some other shit brewing. Oh, yeah, the rapper release party with Benny the Butcher. So, oh, yeah, on the 11th. September, 11th. September 11th, I will be in Rochester for that. Shout out to my man, Sos. I know Sos for a long time, and... To see him come out of his situations and get back to work, I love seeing that shit from a young brother from Rochester, and he's utilizing he's utilizing his contacts. Right, right, right. He's doing what he's supposed to do. 
Bro, I got um, the call. I got the call from the homie. Like, yo, can you can you do a little promo thing? I was like, of course. Like, it doesn't. Again, utilizing your content. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll use my whatever my my little platform, my little small platform to put it out there for you. Uh, Quentin just hit me up about going to it too. Uh, yeah, I think it's like it's it's like, and it's not like he's not putting it out there like everybody show up to the Main Street Armory. Nah, like yo, you get your ticket. I'll tell you where the location is. Cause exactly. I don't want everybody in the parking lot and I don't want no violence. And I don't want none of that shit happen. And I love the way he's doing it because he's keeping it low key. And for people that are serious about being there, not people that are like, let me go out there and shoot shit up or let me go out there and, and it's parking lot pimp. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. And that's why I respect, I respect the move he's trying to do. But yeah, I got that going on. Um, What else? I'm working with Headliner Music Club. If you don't know what Headliner is, Headliner Music Club is a, a record pool for DJs based okay. in Hollywood. I've been working with them for the last two years. But if all DJs out there, if you need a record pool to go to, we got all the new shit. We got dope edits. All of our edits are made by solid DJs in the industry. So um, follow Headliner Music Club on all platforms. That's who I'm with. And I'm off, off, obviously Shaq Food Radio. For sure. Labor Day weekend, I'm going in the mix on WDKX. I'm still on WDKX uh, five days a week. Um, check me out 7 o'clock every day. Um, I was doing Shaq Fu Radio. Me and me and MA just finished our um Apple Music uh podcast shit. We was doing we had a contract with Apple Music, that shit was dope. Um, but yeah, I don't want to miss, but I'm working on a new project for myself right now. It's gonna be all production by me. I'm not gonna have a lot of artists on it. It's gonna be more turntable experimental shit, but musical. You can party to it, you can vibe to it. It's on and I got my boy Adrian doing the visuals. Adrian went to Russian Rietta, but Adrian is in Hollywood doing big shit. He's doing Muffet Babies, fucking Mark Ronson. He's doing visuals yeah. for like the game. And he's went to Russian Rietta also. And I'm gonna be working, he's gonna be doing the visuals for my project. Me and I'm gonna cool. collaborate on it. So, but yeah, Emilio Rojas is working on that shit too. Um, shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to to DJ Naps. Um, rest in peace, bizarre. Shout out to all the DJ homies, uh Tim Tones, Analyze. Um, my boy Joe, you know what it is, Joe Mora. That's the homie. Just got married. C congratulations. Um, I don't want to miss nobody. You know, our what else? Everybody, what else? Everybody, Pac Man, my man Lance, my boy Dre. Like, like, I'm gonna shout out the whole clans. Man. Shout out to everybody. Y'all know who y'all is, bro. Shout it's so it's so many people. Nah, so many people. But I just want everybody to know that I ain't never changed. I'm the same motherfucker I was, and I'm going to be the same motherfucker I was. And if y'all want to hit me, y'all like, yo, Ease, I'm in Cali. What's good? Like, come out. Let's stay. Let's go out to the beach and chill and six, do our six feet of, of, you know, being safe and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you politically correct put that shit. Six feet of yeah, being safe. Yeah, being yeah. Safe. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> But no, bro. Yo, I appreciate you, bro. I'm super happy to have you on here, man. Yo, it's crazy. You didn't gave me, you didn't put out a story that I didn't even know fucking existed. That was wild. Yo, we can do a part two, part three, part four. Yeah, we gonna definitely do a part two because there's so much more to your story that I want to get into. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like I, bro, I appreciate the hell out of you. Um, hey, yo, one more thing. Shout out DJ yeah. Color TV. Me and Color TV about the. That's just, I can't believe I just forgot this shit. Me and DJ Color TV about to drop a vinyl, a, a DJ vinyl, scratch vinyl. We're okay. working on the beats for that right now. He's working on a, on his shit too, but we're dropping a scratch vinyl. It should be probably out next month or the following month, but that's what we're working on right now. That's another thing. We're going to be touring that once we get everything everything put together with that. But yeah, sorry about that. Yo, but everybody, this has been Show 29 with the homie DJ Ease. Thanks for fucking with me. Peace.